Hello, and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I reject your reality and substitute my own. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss The Dungeon Master, which came out in 1984. Directed by David Allen, Charles Band, John Carl Beekler, Stephen Ford, Peter Manugan, Ted Nicolau, and Rosemary Turco. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Paul, a computer technician who seems to have some skills with computers. He and his girlfriend are kidnapped by Mistima, the evil power of Satan. Mistima wants to pit his magic against Paul's science through seven different challenges. So this film actually has a fair few different titles. Yeah. Uh, it was released as Rage War, I believe, in the uh, in the UK. Yeah. Uh, it was released as Rage War, I believe, in the uh, in the UK. I believe it even had a different title about knights of some kind. Yeah, I think it was like the challenges of Excalibrite or something. Yeah, yeah. And so for for the American release, they decided to call it Dungeon Master, just because well. Dungeons and Dragons had become very, very popular at the time. Yeah. And uh, and so had Tron. And so they were like, you know what? Let's merge Tron and Dungeons and Dragons. And, well, we've just about got the budget for it. I know. Let's break this down into an anthology movie, even though it's the same narrative running through all the different parts. Yeah. And we'll get a different director for every 10 minutes of the film <laughs> yeah. to tell this entire story. So, you know, it's a Charles Band production. And so he literally got hold of everybody that uh, he has worked with or would work with for the rest of their careers. Yeah. You know, they got in the guys from Ghoulies, the guys from Trancers, <laughs> the guys from all over. And, uh, and so a lot of these names, you'll probably recognize the guys from all over. And, uh, and so a lot of these names you'll probably recognize from the various Charles Band productions. Man, I, I wish I'd seen this as a kid. Um, after watching this movie, part of me was just like, where were you all my life? You know, there's, there, there's movies you watch as a kid that you go, man, did you ever remember watching that movie when you were a kid? Oh, it was a feeling, you know, like that feeling you got from Transformers the movie. You know, or or Dark Crystal, or the Dungeon Master. I think I would have got that feeling. I don't know if I would have got it as the same um, under the title Rage War because <laughs> I I don't get it. But I mean, the movie starts with Jeffrey Byron. He's a actor. I suppose. <laughs> well, I mean, so much so that J.J. Abrams hired him for a very small role in the reboot Star Trek. There you go, you know. <laughs> but he, he he stars in this as as Paul, and the movie starts with just him lying on the bed with some pads on him, and there's a lady in red luring him away. Like, is she real, or like, is he, you know, is he hallucinating her through his dream? Does he really even wake up from his bed? I don't know because he starts to follow her. And then she strips naked, which is a great way to always start a movie, I think. Um, and then they get into a room, which is a great way to always start a movie, I think. Um, and then they get into a room and they start making out. But then some weird radioactive zombie men come in and kidnap her.
No dungeons yet. <laughs> no, no, you not know, yet. not no dungeons. We just started yet. though. We just started. Yeah. But now we're at well, I can say present day. <laughs> present day, nineteen eighty three, eighty four. Yeah. And uh, we find out that he's a he's a computer whiz. He's an he's an uber nerd. He's a repairman. He's a repairman, <laughs> but he's like. Where he works, they're like, you're going to get a promotion. You're the best man we've got on the team. This motherfucker's got an Apple Watch and fucking Google glasses in 84. And, you know, for a nerdy guy, he's also very athletic. I'm yeah. like, this guy's the whole deal. <laughs> like, like, he, like, he runs. Like, that section where you're like, no, nah, man, I don't need a lift home. I'm going to run. And then we watch him run and the music plays. And I'm like... <laughs> he's changing the traffic lights you know so he can clear a path so he can just run all the way home yeah i i want to run with this guy now like where is this movie going i don't know what like i said what was going on with the radioactive zombies i thought after that i don't know maybe that was part of the experiment that we get told later or it was uh you know well i think it was to set up that he is you know we find out when he gets home he's got a girlfriend he's he's given yeah, her, he's got girlfriend. He, he's given her roses <laughs> you know and we it sets up that she is very jealous of his relationship with his computer excalibrate yeah uh and basically he's nicknamed it cow yeah so he's given it a female voice a female personality and so now we have this weird love triangle (laughs) between two people and a a machine electric dreams dude right you know like (laughs) i I, i've seen electric dreams so i could get into this weird relationship thing that they're gonna have because like she the, the the wife well the girlfriend sorry he wants to marry her uh wants her to be the wife but it's down to him talking to Excalibrate and working out the percentages of how successful their relationship is, which the girlfriend, Gwen, is just like, look, I don't like this. Probable outcome, success. Let's go to bed. At least that's one place I know I'll have all your attention. Leslie Wing playing Gwen. I mean, we she's going to be with us a lot through this movie. And they go to sleep. She even says, like, at least in the bedroom, that's the one place I've got your complete. They go to sleep. She even says, like, at least in the bedroom, that's the one place I've got your complete attention. And I'm like, whoa. Um, And they go to bed and we see some green fire come through his glasses. Yeah. He, he ends up waking up and the whole apartment is filled with like with smoke. Yeah. He's calling out to Gwen and then, boom, he gets teleported out of there as well. Yeah. And he ends up in, like, a fiery... Well, he, we'd had that bit, didn't we, where he, he'd woken up in a jungle, like, with this yeah. weird armor on, and he sees Gwen, and she's in a, a waterfall, and he starts to bang on this force field, and he looks like he's melting. Right. But then he wakes up on this force field, and he looks like he's melting. Right. But then he wakes up in the apartment, and then gets teleported That's again. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and we end up in this... Canyon at night time, Gwen is tied to a rock, and we get greeted by Miss Steamer, played by uh, Richard Mole. Um, I don't recognize him a lot. Um, I, I know he's done some work in house, like behind the makeup as the dead Viet, uh, Vietnam soldier guy, but he's primarily the voice of Harvey Dent from Batman the Animated Series. And Norman from the Mighty Max series. Nice. He's just got this really deep, gravelly voice. And in this, they're like, here's some lines. They mean nothing. <laughs> but we need you to say them. 
You are a worthy opponent for Mestima. And he does a good job with his line delivery. You know, he is kind of fun to watch in a very over-the-top, chew-out-the-scenery <laughs> kind of way. Because he's got very little and nothing to work with. So <laughs> exactly. he, just, he just lets rip with these line deliveries. He's having so much fun. And that kind of makes him, like, like the, the best character. There's a bit in the movie where he kind of blows uh, Gwen off of a rock. And then raises his arms and screams. <laughs> It was great! <laughs> so, the whole narrative, the whole setup for this film now is that uh, he explains to him that I am the devil, the yeah. demon, the, the first evil, and I'm bored. Yeah. You know, I, I have defeated every challenger that's ever existed. Um, and uh, and now your magic is different. Your magic is strange. Your magic is a computer. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't understand computer. So my dark, unstoppable magic versus your computer <laughs> is the rest of the film. And so I've set up for you seven... Is your computer <laughs> is the rest of the film. And so I've set up for you seven challenges. Seven. Seven. For you to overcome. And if you overcome, I will let you and your girlfriend go. But if you lose, you both come to hell with me. Or get destroyed. Like, it's literally, he's got to lose one challenge and Mistima, Satan, the dark evil, he wins. I, Mistima, have devised seven challenges. Lose one. Just one. And I shall have both your souls. But Paul's, like I said, Paul's got this wrist thing. Well, that he Masuma taps in. gives it to him. Yeah, it's, it's like, have your Excalibrate computer now on wristwatch form. So you can literally have access to all of your magic to pit against my magic. But it's really just a lot of lasers. And that's what really started, to, I loved about this movie was as corny and as terribly low budget and stupidly edited and just how this movie could even be considered a movie i don't know but it was just so fun and when you put lasers in it i'm all for it <laughs> you know and then all the seven challenges are just paul in different locations before he'll go back and have a bit more of a chin wag with mistima mistima literally does nothing but talk and whinge about his life yeah i know <laughs> like, i feel sorry for him yeah, like i felt like man you are totally gonna lose at the end of this paul's obviously the hero but man mistima i'm sorry <laughs> i remember when i was a lad we found a cat. It was scavenging in an alley. We covered it in coal tar, except for the face and the eyes. Animals can. So, but don't Paul and Gwen both get sent to like this frost cave where everything's frozen? <laughs> we see Einstein, the Einstein. Wolfman. Jack the Ripper, Jack the Ripper uh, the Mummy, a Pharaoh. It was unbelievable how they did this. 
Gwen starts to freeze and the room starts to become all blizzardy. So Paul falls through the floor and ends up in a tunnel. He then crawls around the tunnel for a little bit while the monsters are coming alive, being heated up by Mistima, who's trying to help Gwen as well stay alive. Thaw her out. Yeah. Thaw her out. And when <laughs> Paul does finally crawl out of a hole inside of the set, because they're all just on sets, they're like, oh, we need to get out of here. We need something. There must be something nearby. There's an ice crystal. And for some reason, my mind went to time splitters. I immediately just went, that's what we do in time splitters. We've got to find a time crystal. And they take the ice crystal from Einstein while he's still frozen. And they throw it on the floor and there's a terrible explosion. And that's that challenge complete. <laughs> I like, was like, yeah. I'm just going because he explains like it's a room full of the world's most famous killers. Yeah. I was like, well, why is Einstein there? <laughs> is it because he made the nuke? The made the Did nuke. Break the atom? I don't, well, like, is he supposed to be the old one out the show that he's got this crystal? The way out, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, unless you didn't pick up the fact that he's holding this bloody great big blue crystal thing. It was cool. But then we get chucked back to Mistima and him then obviously uh, having his rundown with Paul. And they have such great dialogue. I mean, my particular favourite was, I will play your game. You'll play because you have no choice. I'm like, that's, yeah, I gathered that. <laughs> you know, I've been teleported from my house by the most evil being in the universe. <laughs> and then Paul gets teleported to the 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 cave of death um and he's confronted by these two zombies i suppose that he fights and deca he de decapitates one but you see the actor fall and the head kind of just outshot and he cuts the arm off of another one and he walks around the corner and he comes across rat spit <laughs> whatever the fuck rat spit is it's um I, I i recognized it straight away and so i'm like oh this episode was clearly done by john carl beekler oh right and okay they, he's literally reusing the exact same demon puppet from death stalker i need to see death stalker now sure, you do death stalker. <laughs> uh, because he talks to ratspit and ratspit's got some terrible dialogue like like i'm the controller of death or something and i'm going to attack you with death why am i here to test you against that which every man must face. That's the thing that's going to kill you, Paul, is death. And you he know? releases more, more, more zombies. zombies yeah. Which Paul just kind of skirts around on the set because he can't really run very far. And then I think he uses his lasers to defeat them. Yeah, yeah. And it's, the, it's the, always the, lasers. Guy. But what was really cool was the evil version of Paul that came out. <laughs> You know, and Paul gets confronted by his dead self. Yeah. And Mistimer and uh, Ratspit basically explain to Paul that, haha, this is your future. You are going to die. You might as well just give up now. And Paul utters the immortal lines of, Destroy you. I reject your reality. I mean, that, that quote has lived f and gone far beyond the reaches that this movie could ever imagine. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course, it's um, Adam Savage from... 
Mythbusters, who uses that line all the time. It gets referenced in in Japanese uh, uh, anime. Yeah, uh, it's it's an awesome line. It really is. Man, I love the fact because I was sat there. I've seen Endgame. I know there's a multiverse. This is only one version of Paul's future. You know, you can't evil can't stop this. And the fact that he he just rejects it and destroys that future, and then returns back again to Mistima. And oh my god. When Mistima starts to try to buy Gwen from <laughs> Paul, like he offers him what? Um, he, well, he offers him just like a nebulous anything, yeah, like for, yeah, for a night with his girlfriend. I'll give you your freedom, right. you know, or jewels or women. But it's the way that the actor playing Mistima just kind of tilts his head and goes wink, wink, like nudge, I'll, nudge. I'll give you everything for you know. A breach. Your freedom for. Uh... <laughs> I'm terribly lonely. I, I, you know, like I got access to the entire range of time, history, in the universe. My power can literally buy me anything. I'm so bored in the universe. My power can literally buy me anything. I'm so bored that wanking is an issue now. <laughs> I need a girlfriend. Well, you already had the ability to summon three nymphs, you know? <laughs> like, I know, but it's not the same, is it? Compa yeah. Like, if you can summon women that are made out of energy, is that you just not fucking <laughs> yourself because you're just using your power? I, I, I don't try not to think about it because, like I said, they, they have their back and forth and I think they head now to the, the stone temple. Yeah, well, uh, I think he gets knocked out or gets sent flying, Paul does, at yeah, some point, yeah. and he, he's knocked out and two little people end up stealing his uh, his, his uh, Excalibrate off his, off his arm. Yeah. And, uh, and we get this extended scene of the two of them running away with it and him chasing after them we literally go from the same you know this we cut back and forth to the same location of them chasing it was nice to be outside it, it was yeah <laughs> but then i'm just like the continuity because i'm sure in one of the shots where he's chasing after them he's got his wrist computer back on again <laughs> then in the next shot he emerges and it's missing off his arm again i was like oh what's going on and uh, and the two of them have stolen it and they've left it on an altar yeah obviously been superimposed in <laughs> and he goes up to the altar and he reclaims it and, uh, and that activates the giant statue. Yeah. I was like, well, at least they got in the guy that did the, the work on Cue the Winged Serpent. Yes. So at least the motion of it, even it, though it's stop motion, it looks pretty good. It looks cool because up to this point, the other couple of worlds, like, they weren't any better. And this one now has a giant monkey firing lasers out the top of its head. And you're like, how's Paul going to get out of this situation? And... Is it lasers? Yes, it's lasers. <laughs> because why else? He shoots his laser into the monkey's laser and ba-boom, blows it up. And gets taken back to Mistima again. You know, yep. Mistima's starting to get just a little bit, a little bit annoyed now, you know, because his magic is supposed to be defeating Paul. We get then sent, I think it's to the, the present day location, um, which is basically there's a, there's a serial killer running around trying to, well, just killing women. And Paul's woken up in the, in the alleyway. 
He's found a newspaper which is telling him that Gwen, who's been sent there as well, is going to die. But from, or is already dead, sorry. But Mistima explains to Paul, haha, that paper's from the future. You have one hour to save the girl or you'll lose. I'm like... But you have no time to waste. The paper you read is tomorrow's headline. Your Gwen is alive. For now. You have one hour to find and save her from his cold, sharp blade. He finds a dead body, or he finds a woman's uh, body on the floor, and she's been killed by the stalker. And two cops turn up, and you just gotta love low-budget actors who, you know, only have a few seconds to deliver a few lines. And these two cops come up, grab Paul, who obviously, he's still wearing his armour and his <laughs> wrist armour. Yeah, I just don't know what to call it, his outfit. Yeah. Like, he's wearing whatever they decide to is. And the, one of the cops sees the body and they decide to arrest Paul there and then. And they don't even bother calling it in that they found a body until the next shot where they're driving in the car. They just throw Paul in the back of the car and drive away. And we keep getting this shot of this killer who's walking around his room. He's, he's cut out like the headlines, which is like stalker, <laughs> serial, you know, <laughs> four, because oh, he's killed four people at the moment. He's got these scalpels that he's, yeah. you know, he, he likes using. I'm like, all right, okay. And we see Gwen, she, she's getting ready to go for an acting job. You gotta remember that because that's vital script work there, ladies and gentlemen. It will come up in a quiz later on. <laughs> now he manages to escape the police by uh, lasers, uh, fucking yeah, lasers. <laughs> exactly, Excalibur just fires lasers, heats up the uh, the uh, the handcuffs, and he throws himself out of the car as it's going around a corner yeah. and manages to escape. <laughs> and, uh, he, and the thing is, I, like, I'm, I was sure there was a scene in the film because I was scratching my head at the yeah. logic. And he gets rid of the cops at one point. Yeah. He, he runs all the way where where he thinks Gwen is. He bumps into somebody, and the first thing he says is, "Call the cops!" I was just like, "The really? Yeah, that was amazing. I was already dying up to the point because when he jumped out of the police car, he'd run and hid behind some boxes, and then used Excalibrate to locate the different locations from the newspaper where." Gwen could have died and there were two possible locations how it's only one in the paper and he's like oh auditorium because she's an actress but he's still hiding behind his box and this cop car comes up with the light yeah and can't even the cop's like nah not behind those cardboard boxes no way and he just drives off and then Paul just runs luckily cardboard boxes no way and he just drives off and then Paul just runs luckily it had been established earlier in the movie that Paul was a runner and then when he, he gave those lines to the guy to call the cops, I'm like, this movie's so amazing with its dialogue. Are they still holding the audition? Sorry, they just finished. Because this is all just... Finished. Because this is all just... Bollocks, you know. <laughs> Excalibrate tells Paul, is over Excalibrate or Mistima that he's got like 20 seconds until he fails his challenge. Like, how is that all timed? And he comes across the, the killer and he's got Gwen and he's trying to stab her. But it, there's a mirror nearby and Paul, for some reason, can't get there. So he bounces a laser off the mirror and knocks out the killer. Runs up to Gwen. She's like, oh, Paul! He's like, Gwen, she still remembers... She still remembers that she was locked on a rock and she was captured by Mistima, but she has to tell Paul that luckily she got the part. 
awesome <laughs> for the audition. Uh, he followed me to the audition, and then afterwards I was getting dressed, and I got the part. I got the part. Five seconds. And then they get teleported away, Quantum Leap style. Well, speaking of getting the part, <laughs> the entire band of Wasp has a cameo appearance in the oh, film. Oh, yes! <laughs> I was trying to remember all the, the order, segments yeah, in I my head. I think this one came before <laughs> after. One. It doesn't really matter. It's an anthology movie. Fuck yes. <laughs> it's pretty much the entire music, uh, the music video. I think it's Tormentor. Yes, because because Mistima and Paul had had the battle um, in the canyon and Mistima had used some sound to try to fight Paul. Evil sound, I suppose, out there. And Paul had fought back with kind of 80s rock music. Yeah. And Mistima had said to him, you know, if you want it, have as much as you can handle. And he teleports him to the live gig of Wasp, who... <laughs> You know, I like I'd heard of them, but they're not Wasp aren't up there with I don't know Twisted Sister or fucking Ozzy, you know, ACDC, AC, Guns, Guns and Roses, yeah. you know, Motley Crue, you know, Wasp are good. You still you still know them? Yeah, but I fucking wished I'd watched them at younger because I'd have been fucking on it. Paul just literally walks in there. There's a whole gig going on there, just playing and. The lead guitarist of Wasp, the lead singer, he, he knocks Paul the fuck out with his guitar. <laughs> <laughs> He's signaling him, like, look, we've got Gwen tied up here. And, and he starts, like, like getting a machete and he's just sort of sliding it against her thighs but he's he's not really the guitarist he's Mistima in disguise because yeah, yeah. Mistima shows himself at one point and I, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong I'll check it but I'm pretty sure he uses lasers to defeat them all yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll just assume it's, it's you just know And so, obviously, after we've come back from the city or, or the gig or one of them, you know, we are, we've only got a couple of challenges left. And Paul is taken, uh, teleported to this cave. And in the cave, there's this creature. And the creature starts... And in the cave, there's this creature. And the creature starts throwing... Like rocks. crystals? Yeah, well, yeah, he's throwing crystals that are bouncing lasers around the cave. Yeah. And Paul's not been rocks. The creature's really just haphazardly throwing them. It's yeah. like it's. And Paul's not been rocks. The creature's really just haphazardly throwing them. It's like it's not even aiming. It's just throwing them and they're bouncing. I don't even think the guy can see. <laughs> it's just a mask. Tell, yeah. you know? There's no eyes. There's no eyes. It's just a fucking Halloween mask. And I'm feeling like. It's the... Because what was even funnier was that Paul started outside of the cave and he heard a voice shout, Paul. And he was like, Is that Gwen? And he goes up to the entrance of the cave and he's told by Mastima, I think, to to pass the challenges to not enter the cave or something. And Paul was like, no, I can hear Gwen. And he enters the cave. And then something happens with the editing because he turns a corner in the cave and hears Gwen's voice again shout to him. And he's he's got this confused look on his face like, Gwen? Like he didn't realize Gwen was going to be in the cave. I'm like, you literally came in here. Because Gwen's in the cave. Gwen? 
but is the monster luring him in or whatever because they have this little rock throwing battle and he chases the creature oh the, the, his excalibrate allows him to get a certain angle to throw a rock and he chases the creature the creature runs away it throws a crystal a laser bounces off the wall hits the ceiling drops a rock on the creature which i'm like wow that was bad because <laughs> the creature killed itself and then the creature becomes an angel but it wasn't gwen was it no no that's what i was like that's definitely it wasn't i don't think it was the girl from the dream at the end was it no no that's what i was like that's definitely it wasn't i don't think it was the girl from the dream at the very beginning either i don't know some somebody else an angel an angel and the angel says to paul like you could have left the cave and he's like i i know and she's he's like should i have and she's like no you rescued me you didn't listen you would have won by simply walking out of the cave. I didn't know. I'm sorry. There's something, anything I can do. And then she disappears. And he completed that challenge. I was like, okay. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> well, easier than this next challenge, where it's now a Mad Max Beyond Jared Sin episode of Dungeon Master. <laughs> they literally are reusing the cars here from Metal Storm, which was another Charles Band movie. We need to see Metal Storm! <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he's got Gwen there, and, you know, Gwen ends up with the gun and, like, aiming and shooting, and she, we, we go through the whole stages of her learning how to use the gun, missing shots before she eventually manages to land her shots I, and I, blow up the other buggies. I thought it was cool that she had a moment, you yes, know, that yeah, they gave yeah. her a laser gun so she wasn't constantly just tied to a rock for an hour and a half. Absolutely, Or an hour yeah. and 18 minutes, sorry, because the film's <laughs> not long. But I love the fact... <laughs> Now, we talked about it earlier. When it cuts to the wide shots of the buggies driving, it's not Jeffrey Byron driving. No, it's, it's not. not girl. The guy's got a fucking beard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beard. The guy's got a beard. And I'm like, okay. And they smash. They, like, Mistima takes control of their car and their car drives into another car, which is exactly the same car as theirs, just driven from another angle. And if you'd watch closely as they crash into the car, the other car's not moving, it's parked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, we can only afford one driver. And the cars explode, but Paul is whisked back to Mistima. And Mistima is obviously not too happy that they've managed to complete every task. Um... But there's been this whole thing through the movie about Mistima wanting these people to trust him. You know, every time he's asked them something or he's telling them that they're going to do something, they're like, really? We don't believe you. And he's like, trust me. And I'm like, you're the Lord of Darkness. Why would, why, why would I even? So Paul uses reverse psychology, I suppose, on the Lord of Mistima Darkness um, and says to him like, let's have a final battle. No powers. Well, they they do have one battle first with the with the uh, the it's like rotoscoped or or superimposed <laughs> dragons. dragons. Yeah. And I was like, well, to be fair, like the film at one point did remind me of the flight of dragons, and yep. now I'm seeing the good and the bad dragons fight each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they decide to end it with a good old fashioned fist fight. I I loved it because fucking Mistima's like, what are the rules? 
there's no rule. So I'm like, if he's the Lord of Darkness, he should totally just blast him with his lasers now and take Gwen yeah. as his queen. Just cheat, right? Just you're fucking, the monster. You're, you're the guy. Gwen as his queen. Just fucking, you're the dude. You're the guy, but... But Miss Neema's like, okay, okay, we'll we'll fight. They got him with that zap thing earlier on, didn't they? Where they said zap and he, he looked like he got scared. Yeah, he was like, what is zap? What is zap? There's more in it for him or else he would have just zapped us. What is that word zapped? It's a magic word, Miss Neema. If I... <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Well, I don't know, Harvey Dent. Just keep talking, please. <laughs> I'll close my eyes. And so they end up in a fist fight. And, and, and he gets... Um, and Paul literally just gets the shit kicked out of him. I was like, what were you thinking here? Like, there's no way you're going to be able to beat him in a fist fight. <laughs> and he literally ends up almost being thrown off off the cliff face into what looks like a pool of bubbling well, lava. He grabs Mistima and he starts to strangle him. And Mistima kind of uses his hand to loosen some rocks or something. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but whatever he does allows him to get the lava out. And then Paul drops him in the lava. And he well, dies. Yeah. And then Gwen and Paul end up getting teleported back to their... It's a good job they got apartment. magically teleported back and not just stranded there. Getting teleported back to their... It's a good job they got apartment. magically teleported back and not just stranded there. Yeah, wherever this <laughs> location is. And then she's like, yes, I will marry you now. Because the computer says it's a really good thing. <laughs> and then what was great was that the movie breaks down all the segments right at the end. With all the titles. Yeah, all and the writers, all the, directors of each the directors, chapter. Just in case you forgot. <laughs> See, for me, this was just wholly unsatisfying. <gasps> there was no, no there was no character development or progression. <laughs> you know, there's like there's no there's so many scenes of, of Paul just running. There's so many scenes of Gwen just tied to that rock. You fucking sign up for a movie. Not only directed by Charles Brand, but five other people under his fucking I didn't get a group. single dungeon, and all I got was freaking <laughs> laser beams. Lasers! <laughs> it was... Man, I, I totally get it. I, I, I'm totally with you that this low-budget, multiple-directorial, you know, no story actual to drive any of the substance in the movie is really bad for the actors to try to act around. But... <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> you know, I was fucking ready. Over in comparison to some films that we've sat down that just have no coherency at all. You know, sure. at, at least this one had an a start A a start B, I suppose, and then a C, maybe a D ending. But you know, we got there. Like, <laughs> Paul's a computer whiz. He's fighting evil to save his girlfriend, and he beats him. That's the basics. It's like there's no moral of the story, or there will, I suppose. Well, I guess it was like computers will save the day in the end. Yeah, was computers it? Computers like, are good. Yeah, <laughs> evil doesn't know how to write a tweet. Maybe that's why the world is the way it is because Satan's learnt to Facebook. I I don't know, but all I got from this movie was terrible special effects, really bad lines and acting. But it just it was like watching an episode of Star Trek. 1960s, you know, Quantum Leap, Twilight Zone, 
fucking just all of those like we said like I, I'm a bit of a fan for anthologies but at the same time I didn't get it with this one because each one of the directors was kind of as bad as the last <laughs> <laughs> and so each segment I I would have just seen every segment as being directed by the same person. Sure, yeah. It didn't feel like there was any unique style that stood out. No. At least totally the whole film felt like it was one film. Yeah. Despite being anthology. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, did you have any favourite or, or memorable scenes? I did. Fitness class, the 80s style. <laughs> there is nothing more enjoyable than watching an 80s fitness class with the music going, you know... I don't know what happened to fitness over time. Maybe people just got lazy or it became easier. But I love the way that Gwen delivered her immortal lines at the end to tell the class that there would be no class the next day. And it was just like, bye. And she was gone. <laughs> you know, it was just, she was just gone out of the room. I'm like, wow, if I had her as a teacher, I'd be like upset. The samurai fight in the ice cave was absolutely terrible, but I loved it because you just kind of sit there going, da, 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 da. same with the zombies, you know, him dodging round. Like, I just imagine the director saying to the person before he goes on set, Jeffrey Byron, like, look, you're going to be fighting this. Um, okay, where's the choreography? We haven't got any. Just wing it. And that's and that's what they did. They, they, they wang it, I suppose. <laughs> where's Gwen? Trust me. And maybe a hundred other lines from Miss Steamer and Paul in all of their confrontations. Their dialogue sequences didn't add anything to any of the sequences because it, it was like a battle of wits. But it, it felt like Miss Steamer was just an idiot. You know, and Paul, Paul was smarter. But not as not really much, right? You know, just just a tad because then it just comes down to laser fights. The whole stone monkey sequence. I mean, I love a good photoshopped in the background giant monkey monster thing. And when you add lasers to it, ah, oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think the whole wasp segment as well. Yeah, you know when you just slap a rock band into the middle of your movie. Yeah, it's a winner. Yeah, I, I don't really have many favourite scenes. Of course, the uh, reject your reality, uh, you know, sequence is uh, gonna gonna be up there. Yeah, uh, I did also love the giant statue chase. Uh, that was that was fun to watch. And yeah, like I said, the the wasp band and, and the music and Gwen's outfit, mm. that rock outfit. Mm. That was very, she was pretty hot and proud. Well, Ian, do you recommend The Dungeon Master? Fuck yes, I do. Um, I know it. some people might think, well, Ian, this is bad because it's so low budget, it's so terribly acted, it's so this, it's so that. But there's a charm to this movie. There, There is, you know, hidden under all the layers of no budget and bad acting and script. And this is, what, seven people coming together to make a film. You know, and they weren't really hitting top notches before this. So I don't really know what people were expecting when they brought this out. But just some of the ideas in there trying to coherently make it all work just makes it fun. You know, and, and we talk about 80s movies all the time of just being fun at the end of the day. 
And I wish I'd totally fucking seen this movie as a kid because I'd be screaming this movie from the rooftops. Like, people would be like, what's the best movie of all time? The Dungeon Master. Why? It doesn't have any dungeons in it. It's got lasers. Wasp fucking sings halfway through the movie. The, the guy who does the voice for fucking Two-Face from the Batman animated series delivers some of the most terrible one-liners you'll ever hear in film. But you've heard them. <laughs> so yes, you got to watch Dungeon Master. I honestly don't <laughs> think I can recommend Dungeon Master. You need to watch it again, dude. It's really disappointing and very forgettable, and I can't really recommend this mess. <laughs> For sure, it reaches the so bad, it's kind of good levels several times, and it does have some great one-liners and quotes, but nothing really substantial. It's really goofy, really, really cheap looking with no setups or payoffs. The story challenges are boring and the sets devoid of character, life or interest. The performances are okay. You know, Richard Mole was clearly having a good time in the role of Mastima, the evil demon, with a great villain laugh. The music is nothing special, no. uh, and the props again, looking very <laughs> cheap and goofy, along with the special effects. But I will say the makeup and monsters are pretty good. I'm always happy to see the works of, uh, of John Cole Beekler yeah. in any capacity, even if it is reused creations. The film's story is 